Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Woo. Let's go. Y'all need to sit back, listen, enjoy the ride. Tip something, light it up, enjoy the ride. Cause the Sports City Chefs is on the night. In the kitchen, cooking up, they on the ride. Sports City, Sports City Chefs.
calling in by way of the mountain region of the United States of America. We have Big Easy, a.k.a. Eric, in the building. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning, my brother. I'm feeling great. Excited to be here with you today. And also calling in from the Midwest region of the United States of America, we have Mike Harvey himself. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning, Tyler. Doing well, man. Much love to you and appreciation. Also good to hear you out there. Just came off the state wrestling tournament in Iowa, so lots of uh, lots of long days, but settled in for a Sunday morning brunch with you guys. Good morning, bro. I have to enjoy this cold weather as best as I can. Uh, this is the 20th day of February. I have eight days left before I have to start getting ready for the allergy season, so I'm going to miss you, Winter. As much as I don't want to be cold, as frantic as possible out there, that pollen will be coming soon. So with that being said, the football season has come to an end. We are now in full-throttle basketball season. Interesting enough, I'm going to get to some of the top 25 scores, get through that situation, and get to the meat and potatoes of where I want to go Hopefully these guys are hungry because I have dishes. So first and foremost, I will get to the top 25, like I just said. Um, it's it's going to be interesting for how this thing goes down, uh, getting close to the month of March where the madness begins, everybody's dancing and trying to do as best as they can in their conference tournaments, things of that nature, so they can go to the big dance and try to get to the uh, Final Four and bring a national championship back to their respective universities or states, however we look at that. Um, interesting enough, uh, there are some teams that, you know, have made some interesting jumps or moves, if you will, uh, throughout this uh, week. Uh, the one situation that happened, there were some tough games uh, throughout the week, but I just want to at least stick to the script for what happened yesterday because I could go through a lot of scores that went down. Um, number one ranked Gonzaga, and it, it's still a question mark for me, because of the way that they played Duke earlier this season, but they're in that division where they don't get tested in the West Coast Conference. And um, they actually won this game up against Santa Clara, 81-69, to uh, in which Chet wasn't the leading scorer for Gonzaga. It was uh, Andrew Nemhard who actually had 21-point night, six rebounds and eight assists. I just This is the one thing with Gonzaga, and I continue to say this year after year, Mark Few is a coach that I do respect. Uh, he got into a little legal situation, but he is one of the coaches that continues to have this team ready year after year or threatening to be an Elite Eight or better Final Four or National Championship type of team. He has a team that actually is competitive at this point. We can see if they can hang on to this storm that they are doing within their conference, but let's see them get to another Final Four or National Championship and win it, not get dominated. And they got as close as last year and uh, lost that uh, game up against Baylor where I, I think they were just outmatched. And I want I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I, it's fire today. I'm not playing. They got bullied. So they got bullied in that game. They got to show up uh, in a better situation. And if they need Duke again, they, they have to win the rematch. And I, I think that may end up panning out. Uh, we have an upset on the horizon or what happened. Florida upsets number two Auburn, 63-62, in the middle of Gainesville. Uh, a tough game at that. Uh, Florida had Colin Castleton lead the way with 19 points, eight rebounds. 
Um, with an assist to match, Jabari Smith had 28 points, seven rebounds in a losing effort. I uh, can't take too much away from Jabari's effort. However, Auburn was on a storm run uh, for the last couple of games, but this is an upender within the SEC, and this is more or less a situation where I feel like they overlooked the Gators, and gave, the Gators took advantage of that, and the way that they stormed the court on them after a one-point win was some, something epic where Florida had that one-point lead at halftime, and that ended up being just enough to carry throughout the uh, second half where they both actually matched each other with 41-point second-half efforts. Uh, so I got to give the Gators their due. We'll see if they can actually get ranked, but they have a tough uh, standing situation where they're 17-10, and 7-7. They're just at 500 within the SEC. Uh, the next matchup, Arizona beats Oregon 84-81. to uh, in which Oregon, I thought they would be better as of last season coming into this season. They have not regained any strength within the Pac-12. Uh, Arizona's doing just fine, uh, being 24-2 and on the season, 14-1 and in Pac-12 play, dominating the conference at this point in time. Uh, Benedict Matherin actually had 24 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists in a winning effort, and Will Richardson put up 22 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists, for the Ducks in a losing effort in Arizona. Kentucky beat Alabama 90-81, to and in which Oscar Shibway, I'm going to give him credit for that last name. If I'm butchering it, please excuse me, 21-14. and And Keon Ellis in a losing effort put up 28 points and five rebounds. Alabama was actually doing good this season. They have been up and down. Uh, as of a loss earlier this season to Memphis, which I've been watching, this will push them out of the top 25. They are now 17-10 as well, 7-7 in SEC play. I'm wondering if they're on the bubble or if it has bursted or if they can make a run until they get to the end of March and actually do well within SEC play. Kansas, the one team that I watch every year, they continually – I'm interested on how they play – but the crazy part about it is if they can play consistent toward the, the tournament, and Bill Self is the one guy that I focus on the most. He's able to get these college students ready to play ball throughout the regular season, but when they get to the postseason or more or less the big dance, I don't really want to put a lot of it on the Big 12 championship because they will do well within the conference play. But when they get to the big dance, it's always something that catches them. But Kansas wins their game in uh, Morganton, West Virginia, 71-58. to Sean McNeil had an 18-point night with four rebounds and a steal. David McCormick had 19 points and 11 rebounds, two assists. Uh, Baylor redeems themselves after a rocky situation. They went up against TCU 72-62. to Duke beats Florida State 88-70, to in which Florida State had this interesting enough. There was an interesting game uh, in the first quarter, uh, excuse me, the first half, excuse me, and uh, Duke started to pull away with like a minute left. And after that 11-point uh, deficit in the first half, they didn't look back after that, winning this game by 18. This next game is personal, but I'm going to slide by it as best as I can. Villanova wins up against Georgetown in Philadelphia, 74-66, to in which the Wildcats are now 21-6, 14-3 in Big East play. Georgetown is 6-20, and 0-15 in Big East play. This is why this is personal. This is my favorite college basketball team, and Patrick Ewing is the coach, and he was struggling like this last year. There are people around the university and alumni that want him gone. 
but they said the hard part about it is his legacy that swarms around that school. They said it'll be hard to see them fire him. He will more or less have to resign. If he doesn't win a game in Big East play, I would think that he would want to step away because this is too big of a task for him, and he's not a coach. Um, it's bad that I'm doing this because his legacy around Georgetown is unrevered with a lot of people, all of the Final Fours that he's been to. He brought a national championship there as well. But um, this is what I look at with the GMs and the owners that he was around in the NBA that did not want to hire him as a head coach. And he's in Georgetown and can't get these guys to play where they were before he got there. He's gotten messy, and he actually brought in a player that's in the G League as of now with uh, Mac McClung, and everybody had high hopes for him. And he left the school and went to Texas Tech and ended up jumping into the league because it was messy. And I think that he wanted to probably try to figure out how to finish in Georgetown but couldn't because of the mayhem with the coaching situation. I have to look at the coaching situation. The next one we have is Texas Tech winning their matchup up against Texas in-state battle. 61-55, to Texas Tech has been playing good ball all season long. 21-6 and on the season, 10-4 and in Big 12 play. Texas lost this game in their 19-8 on the season, 8-6 and in Big 12 play. Uh, I want to see if Texas actually hangs in there and stays within the top 25. Uh, this loss may end up bumping them because that is an interesting number with eight losses on the season. We'll see if the committee keeps them at least in the, the last five uh, seeds uh, within the ranking. In Big Ten play, Illinois beats Michigan State 79-74, to in which uh, Michigan State loses this game in East Lansing uh, with a big game from, you know, Jacob Grandison. He had a 24.95 rebounds, five assists. Tyson Walker put up 26 points, one rebound, uh, five assists. And, and uh, Cogburn also put up 27 points as well. So this is this is incredible because Tom Izzo is a coach that you look at every year that gives you a good product, can get you to the big dance, but somehow, some way, they fall short. And last year they got into the tournament and, and got bumped out in the play-in. It looks like this may end up being the potential. I wonder, again, just like I said about Texas, if the committee keeps them in the top 25 for the last six or five seeds, this is a bad loss because they have eight losses on the season just like Texas. We will see if they can hang in there and not fall out of the top 25. But this this is interesting. We'll see what the committee does. The next matchup we have is UCLA winning their game in the middle of Westwood, beating Washington by 26-76-50. Uh, the Bruins are now 19-5 on the season with 11-4 within Pac-12, Pac-12 play. Washington is 13-12, nearing 500 ball, 8-7, nearing 500 ball within Pac-12 play as well. Uh, Washington is underachieving to me, but they are surviving the storm and not having a losing season at this point. Arkansas with an upset up against the Volunteers, 58-48. to uh, This took place in Arkansas in which Jalen Williams put up a 13-point, 16-rebound, two-assist night. And Kennedy Chandler, in a losing effort, put up 11 points, three rebounds, and two assists. But this isn't the, the factor. People have to understand that Tennessee is 16th ranked in the nation, and they put up 48 points. That I give I give credit to Arkansas's defense, but also how many shots were missed within this game is incredible that Tennessee could not even crack 50 in this situation where they're above 20. I wonder what the committee does. I don't think they'll drop them out of the top 25. But for this to be an SEC game, this should have been closer 
10-point uh, deficit. I won't call this a blowout, but by the nature of the way that they couldn't score the ball, this is questionable. The next matchup I have is another upset. Iowa beats Ohio State 75-62, to uh, in which this did take place in Columbus. Um, Ohio State loses this by 13, where I feel like they could have played better ball. Um, I definitely think it will be a tough, a tough situation for them uh, within the Big Ten when conference play comes around as we near the end of the month of February where everything's going to get pretty sticky, if you will, while uh, they get in the Big Ten play. Um, Ohio State has always been up and down every season. You don't know what type of situation. They're very strong, and then they'll go into the tournament and play real shady, or they'll play lackluster, if you will, or not up to what they're supposed to be in the regular season and then have a storm of a Big Ten performance and then get into a dance and, and make an interesting run. But for them to be 18th ranked losing to Iowa at home is very interesting. They're 16-7 and seven on the season, 9-5 and five within conference play, while Iowa's 18-8. and eight, and eight and seven within conference play. Um, I think the committee may end up dropping them out of this. This is a bad loss at home up against the Iowa team that's not ranked. So um, the Hawkeyes, they do get credit. Uh, they do have one of these surprise wins every year uh, within uh, collegiate ball. Murray State ranked 21 in the nation, wins this by a bucket up against University of Tennessee Martin, 62-60. to 60. Wyoming wins their matchup up against Air Force, 75 to 67, and UConn rounds out the situation, winning their game up against Xavier, 72 to 61. I know I was rattling off. I know I was running my mouth. I want to see how the fellas feel about games here that I may have mentioned, uh, some of these teams that may be on the bubble, things of that nature. Um, I will try to address it game by game if you guys want to or a specific situation or university that you guys would like to jump into Eric, I'll come to you first. Your thoughts on the games that were mentioned within the top 25, uh, especially how they stand. If some of these guys that are at the bottom of the top 25 that take have taken a loss, how do you feel about the situation across the board? Eric, are you there? Can you hear me, Eric? Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, I don't know what's going on. You may be having technical difficulty. Mike, your thoughts on the games that I've mentioned? Uh, any other universities that you question as well at this point in time also? Yeah, you know, I always question Texas a little bit this time of year. That's a big win for Iowa, getting that quote-unquote quad one win after – uh, losing at home to Michigan earlier in the week, they were able to go into Ohio State and win. Uh, you know, it's tough to go on the road in the SEC. Auburn's one of the best teams in the country. They lost at Florida, Tennessee, as you said, just uh, a terrible out- offensive performance losing at at Arkansas. Alabama goes down as well. I mean, it it's tough to go on the road and win in that conference. Uh, LSU also missed a bunch of free throws. LSU's a uh, tournament team as of right now, but they missed a bunch of free throws and dropped a 77-75 game at South Carolina. That SEC was one of the worst conferences in college basketball less than five years ago, and now they've got a lot of tough teams, and it's really tough to go on the road. Uh, you better win some of your home games. You better win all your home games if you can in that conference in order to to have a winning record. That's, that's a tough league right now. You mentioned Georgetown. 
earlier I thought Patrick Ewing was going to be uh, the answer there, and it's tough to see a program with such a rich history and struggle right now. And so uh, I have a feeling that whatever needs to happen really to get things turned around is just too proud of a of a tradition um, with the Hoyas for that to remain a thing for that long. And I hope that if it is in the best interest of that program moving forward, that if that's what needs to happen, Patrick Ewing will make that decision too. Resign. It's not that often that you see Michigan State lose at home. Uh, Illinois has kind of bounced back and been better the last couple of years, but you don't see that very often. But it's interesting to see the round ball and what's going on as as we start to, uh, as you said, finish up February and get into March, get into those conference tournaments and and the uh, the March Madness NCAA tournament. Uh, still a lot to be decided. I think you've got a lot of uh, of teams. And in several conferences that, that have work to do, you've got a lot of teams that are sliding down towards that bubble, <clears throat> a lot of teams trying to, to work their way in. So uh, still a lot to be decided as far as what teams make up that 65-team field um, come Selection Sunday. And so you know there, there are a lot of teams that should at least feel encouraged and know that you know, hey, if they put in the work now and they get the results that they want, that they can still play their way into that to that tournament. Uh, yesterday, a lot of teams that very well could have solidified their tournament status, dropped games on the road. They may not necessarily keep them out, but still going to leave work in front of them to do so. Uh, a lot of teams should be encouraged. It's, it's uh, they're, they're leaving room for some of you guys to get in if if, if you take care of business. So. We'll see what happens. Eric, do we have you back with us? Yes. Okay, so from the scores and uh, universities mentioned, your thoughts on some of the scores and any of the universities that you may have think put themselves in questionable situation or have bubbles that could potentially be bursted uh, as we're approaching the end of February going into March. Uh, yeah, timeless. I'm 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 shocked how Duke has uh, fallen pretty far. You know, um, they're still at a 23 and four record, and Gonzaga 23 and two. I'm not sold on them, but uh, we'll see what happens. So, um, yeah, it's been a bad year in college basketball for me. I haven't really watched too much because how dismal North Carolina has been. So, but yeah, Duke and USC fallen falling that far has shocked me. So, but. Uh, they're still in, you know, play to be in the tournament. So we'll see what happens. You know, we all know uh, once tournament time comes, it's a whole other animal. So anything can happen. So looking forward to that. So interesting that you say that because I could actually address the situation because we're both in the same scenario with coaches that are, I think, in over their head. But I think your situation is, I think, there's more of a timetable for you because Hubert just got there. Uh, Hubert is struggling out the gate, but I, I guess somewhat respectable in how much we've seen them play together, or, or actually him coach the team while they're trying to play this situation out. Uh, but there's an interesting loss that they took up against Duke where they looked outmatched. I don't know if it's a situation where it's kind of like watching the legend of Coach K walk out there, but I would want that to be a competitive game, not a you know lay down and let him get away with a, a storm of a 
a game as he leaves Chapel Hill. So I want to see how this ends up panning out. Your thoughts on North Carolina, can Hubert turn this around within a year or two, or do you think they get rid of him as soon as possible if he is over it, in over his head, similar to the situation where I'm looking at it with Patrick Ewan? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you get rid of him as soon as possible. Like you said, it's his first year, so even I'm willing to, you know, uh, maybe two to three years max. Uh, they're at 19 and 8 this year, so, I mean, it's not, you know, completely – a lost season so but I mean they'd have to go on a big run to even get considered to get into the tournament so which I don't think is going to happen you know they did win their last game over Virginia Tech but I don't know we'll we'll have to see but definitely uh, you don't you don't get rid of them after one year so interesting because he does have talent there I think they should just like you said it's it's a situation where you you don't like what's going on in Chapel Hill, and I think the rest of the Tar Hill fans alike don't want to see this be the product that they are having after Roy Williams has struggled his last couple of seasons as well, but he was able to get them into, you know, good conference seating situation in the ACC tournament and able to get them to at least dance but not be as competitive as we've seen, I want to say, within the five to seven realm where he actually, actually was in a national championship and picked up one too, so... But uh, I feel like it's a decline uh, in Chapel Hill and definitely a situation where I, this is beyond a decline in uh, Georgetown. And I, I feel like the higher-ups or the university is going to have to say or do something or pull the plug. They cannot watch as strong as a person Patrick Ewing is within Georgetown University. They can't sit there with a, a team that is going to have less than 10 wins within a regular season and back-to-back seasons. Last year they were 9-12 and 12 going into the Big East tournament. They won those five games in five days to go to a big dance because they won the Big East championship. The way that they played ball last year definitely had me on a question mark situation, uh, putting up a red flag or a white flag. I don't care how it looks, red or white. I'm, I'm waving one of them. And uh, they got into the tournament and played Colorado and lost by 30. Like, like, and Colorado is a decent team, but not a team that should be beating a team that's coming into the tournament and losing by 30 with a NBA assistant coach on the sideline. I, I don't give Patrick any credit for that. If um, Georgetown sits on this one, I, I don't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in a situation like you. I don't even want to like pay attention to it game by game, like I am every time they play, and, and knowing that they're gonna put up a loss. Like this is. This is unforgivable right now by Patrick Ewing, especially with the players that he had within the university and watching them walk and go elsewhere. Um, Kenjo, McClung, LeBlanc, Wahab, these guys all left within a four-year realm in front of Patrick Ewing, and these were the people that he pulled, and they don't believe in him. So this is a situation that I'm looking at with you saying that about North Carolina where these guys have been respected in college basketball, and it's just not happening at this point in time. Okay. Uh, anything else that you guys would like to add before we get in, get away from college basketball, at least the top 25? Okay, so the silence helped me. So the gloves are coming off, everybody. I feel some type of weight. I try to warn my fellas that this will be war right now. Um, my My heart is on my sleeve in this situation. I grew up in the 80s, I'm an 80s baby, can't lie, um, love sports like crazy, 
and respect the stars and superstars alike across the board. Um, it's tough for me because I don't really want to start shooting at people, but I have to. Across the board, I think the All-Star Weekends are failing. The Pro Bowl, cancel it. Cancel it. Just get rid of the Pro Bowl. I'm, 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 not, I'm not even concerned. You're telling me that you're addressing guys that we're voting for or say that they had a great season, that they're dressed fully in shoulder pads, leg pads, helmets alike, and they are playing two-hand touch. They are not playing serious football. Can it? Just vote on them, give them their Pro Bowl nod, and that's that. There's no need to have a Pro Bowl. And you got people going all the way from their respective portions of the country, going to Vegas to see a football game, and it's not entertaining. They are playing two-hand touch. Get rid of it. Let the Pro Bowl go. I think one of the more exciting ones is Major League Baseball, but baseball is taking a hit right now, and you guys need to get it together because, again, here we go in front of another lockout that may realm within the month of May or June and run right into the All-Star break where nobody's really going to have an All-Star to go off of, which the home run derby still has its luster there. I think that's probably one of the fun events that you can't, like, mess up too much. But they, they try their best to try to mess it up in a certain ball that could get a certain amount of money. People are swinging for the fences and may take it out of them. But at least the home run derby doesn't lose too much of its luster. The All-Star game is still cool because it's a game that has, you know, amplifications on how things can pan out for the World Series winner. So they do play that game seriously. So I give the MLB credit for what the All-Star games mean for the season and teams alike across the board within the league. So I give the MLB credit. NHL, like you still have the the events that they have outside of the game, but when you watch the game in the NHL, it's almost like watching the Pro Bowl. They're not giving it their full all. You know they're not going to end up fighting or, or checking each other like they would in a respected uh, regular season game. So I get it. I understand it because they want to get through the season without – you know, knocking each other out or drawing blood, so on and so forth. So I understand hockey, but still yet it's just that aura of not what you see on a day-by-day basis within a hockey game. Um, they still have the, the shooting skills situation. So that that draws an interesting run uh, for hockey. But hockey is still the question mark of how it looked back in the day's comparison to now. And it, I would think the game would get better as time evolves, but it, it's not. Um, but now – it draws me to what we are in front of right now on this Saturday and well Friday, Saturday and Sunday, excuse me, called the NBA All-Star Weekend. I think the only entertaining thing in the NBA All-Star Weekend is the three-point shootout and the All-Star game itself. Um, I may be taking away from the skills competition. People may feel a certain way about it. I, I've, I'm bothered by it now because it's like they even had an event, a part of the skills competition where they're breaking it up and they're doing chess passes. If that's not elementary basketball and you're watching professional basketball players throw chess passes, stop it. And my favorite event of all time was the dunk or is or was, I'm saying was the dunk contest. I'm going to go around the room because I can go on for the remainder of the show on watching one of my favorite events take a nosedive into hardcore concrete. Forget the ocean. Forget if they could press an eject button and live. The dunk contest, I, I, I'm going to go around this doggone kitchen 
and see how you guys feel about it alike. Mike, I'll start with you first. Your thoughts on the All-Star games across the board, like I mentioned, from the Pro Bowl to the MLB and their All-Star game, NHL, if you want to. It's up to you if you want to. You don't have to. But if you want to, I want to make sure that we cover the NBA All-Star weekend because it's here in front of us now. Your thoughts, and I'm going to address Eric the same way also. Thank you, sir. Sad, sad, sad. Um, <laughs> you know, baseball tries to do the home field thing for a little while. Uh, it is fun sometimes seeing it. the novelty is taken away from it because now we have interleague every day. Uh, <clears throat> but sometimes seeing certain guys match up against certain people, it, it, it's kind of fun or seeing sort of how those lineups sort of fall or how they decide to organize that. Uh, that's a little interesting to me. I agree with what you said about the Pro Bowl. I did think like the future stars thing that they did on Friday, <clears throat> I thought even the players had some good comments about it. So uh, that might be the only thing that I think the All-Star Weekend has done pretty well this weekend uh, was that on Friday night. Um, I think it's a, it's a nice thing for guys to have a break during the long marathon season and for guys to get together and sort of have that camaraderie. But, Saturday night, the three-point contest, the skills challenge, the dunk contest, that's supposed to be the show, right? Like, that's supposed to be the entertainment. Like, uh, entertain us, show off your skills, this. That's supposed to be, like, the party before the game on, on Sunday. And the game is late enough on Sunday that people can still go out if they choose to or whatever and have a good time and enjoy, like, being able to chop it up with guys that you really don't, you, you know, you never have a chance to get all those guys together uh, during the year. But unless we find a way to get stars back into the dunk contest and find a way to make it relevant, like that dunk contest is supposed to be the highlight, the main event, the coup de grace, the, the showstopper, if you will, of the party of All-Star Weekend on Saturday night. It's supposed to make your draw job. Oh, wow, I can't believe he did this. Or, you know, this is supposed to be what we're talking about as we go out Saturday night celebrating the weekend as fans on Sunday morning. If there's a little controversy over who won with Aaron Gordon and your boy from a couple of years ago, fine. I can understand that. But, you know, we're talking about the dunk contest but not in a good way. Because uh, like uh, Steve Harvey said in Kings of Comedy when he was like, all the news about your football team ain't being good news. Well, uh, all the news about your All-Star Weekend ain't being good news. And some of it's quite tragic uh, to see the levels that this duck contest has uh, has fallen to. And if you're not going to find a way to make it more relevant or make it more exciting, then maybe you don't even need to feature it anymore. Uh, so figure it out NBA. And uh, that's about all I got on that right now. Okay. Easy. Your, your thoughts on this situation. I mean, across the board, Eric, I, I need everything. Uh, yeah. The pro bowl, major league baseball, how you feel about, I feel like theirs is the strongest because they actually play. Like it ain't like they're pe- they're going to, I don't think anybody's sliding spikes up and trying to claw people up there at second base or whatever. But you get what I'm saying. Like, 
that All-Star game, I, I feel like it has its luster still there. Uh, NHL, like, I, I feel like if they have open nights, like, they, they could test the goalie, like, okay, cool. But, I mean, your thoughts across the board, all All-Star games, but specifically the NBA All-Star game at the end. Save it for last, the best that you can. But I don't want to totally direct you if it's a part of your spiel, it's a part of your spiel. But, I mean, your, your thoughts on what happened this weekend also. Oh, yeah, no no doubt the Pro Bowl's got to go. So, I mean, it, it's been – I mean, ever since it's left Hawaii, um, it's been a joke. So, And even leading up to about maybe five years before they left Hawaii, it turned into a joke. So, uh, yeah, there's no need to play it. Um, MLB, they go out and play the home run competition, all that. The Futures All-Star Game, it, it's a really fun weekend. Um, the NBA, I, I think the problem here, uh, gentlemen, we were all spoiled. And it's hard. I, I mean, a lot of it's been done. There's only so much you can do. You know, I, I think a lot of it, and I, and I hate to say it because I love it, it was my favorite. Um, NBA All-Star Weekend was my favorite, you know, especially growing up. And that's what I'm getting at here. We were spoiled seeing guys like Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant, Vince Carter, uh, you know, even little Spud Webb, uh, all these incredible dunks. The list goes on and on, <clears throat> you know, even Clyde Drexler up in there. I mean, we can go on about it. And it, it's a tough act to follow. You know, ever since the Nate Robinson, Dwight Howard showdown, um, it, it's kind of been on a decline, in my opinion. So, uh, and, and it's a tough act to follow. Like I said, there's only so much more you can do. You know, what, what hasn't been done and I think we've been spoiled seeing all these incredible dunks throughout the years. And so I think that's why it's losing some of its magic. And a lot of these guys in the NBA now are shooters. You know, dunking's not really a big thing in the NBA anymore. It's it's shooting. So I think that takes away from it too. So, But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the All-Star game today. We'll see how it pans out at least in the NBA, not to take away from it. Like the M- I think MLB is going at it uh, closest to 100% out of all the All-Star games, but at least the NBA, they go out there and they're making it entertaining for the fans. You know, it's high scoring. They're going out and doing uh, entertaining stuff. So, um, But we'll just see. I-, I-, I would like to see it go back to east and west. You know, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of these. Team LeBron, Team Durant, you know, it, it's kind of cool, but I, I'd, I'd like to see it go back to the East and West, you know, and, and have the best of both conferences going at it. I 100% agree with you. This uh, <laughs> pickup game version of the All-Star game was to help LeBron James. Chris Paul thought it would be an idea to help him because the East was struggling so bad that they could not deal with the Western Conference. The Western Conference was so superior, I want to say, after 2009, maybe. I think after 2009, it's been all Western Conference that they had to change it because LeBron was over there fighting by himself with no help, and he's putting up 30-point efforts in a losing effort where they're losing by, like, 20. Like, like. He would have to literally go in there and score like 55 to make it a game, like to make it a game. Like the West was so overpowering that they had to like say, you know what, stop this. Let's break this up, get two captains, and let people pick and make this an all-star game. No. the it, How we grew up watching the game is how it should be. All the Eastern Conference teams play together. All the Western Conference teams play together. It's an even amount of teams. 
even amount of all stars. They they all know what they're doing on the floor. They're professional basketball players. This is to save LeBron, and I don't think they'll go back to the old all star game. But however, at least the game is somewhat played. You still get your ooh and ah dunks or a player that may get hot, so on and so forth. So we'll be able to see that today. Um, but I'm I'm hurt, and just just hearing the names that Eric mentioned from the dunk contest from. Back in the day, um, all of the guys, Larry Nance, Kenny Skywalker, Cedric Sabalos, yeah. D. Brown, yeah. I, I'm Sean yeah. Kemp, I'm a Sonic Thunder fan. Like, all yeah, I mean, guys, I mean, the list just, is, is like a scroll. It goes on. Right. It's amazing. Like, come on. There's no competitive nature in this game at all. You mean to tell me Cole Anthony is one of your picks, is one of the better dunkers in the league? Like, How? And like you're, uh, I'm I'm saying this. I, I'm not dodging this bullet any longer. I'm not. NBA, you mean to tell me that you got all of these players that can play ball and you can't entice them to play? Like all of them are going to sit out dressed up, wearing all their jewelry, diamonds and gold and platinum, however they come to the game and watch this. And there's nobody out there that could play it. Cole Anthony's first dunk, yeah. and he's Greg Anthony's son. Now mind you, he can dunk the ball at whatever six. Two six three. I think he, I don't want to say he's six four six five. I don't think he's that tall. And he could jump to be his height or whatever, and that's cool, right? But you can't get John Moran in the game, and John Moran's been dunking all over people. His first dunk yep. was in Timberland boots. He went on and put Tim's. Okay, I want y'all to understand that I am from the Northeast region of the United States of America, where these winters be are interesting, and I'm a part of the tri-state area where New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut are a part of the tri-state area. The fashion wear is the Timberland boot, right? In which, growing up in high school and in college, they tell you don't walk on that floor with Timberland boots because it will mess up the floor, right? You have this guy that is an NBA player getting paid millions of dollars about to risk everything if he slips with Timberland boots jumping. Thank God he he landed the dunk after four or five attempts. If he would have slipped coming down or slipped attempting, attempting to jump, he'd have been in excruciating pain, missing time. But, I mean, it's the Orlando Magic. They don't even care about the organization anyway. But it's like, <laughs> why put him in that scenario? And he's wearing his father's jersey because it's New York, so it makes sense. It's New York jersey. He puts on Tim's, and he's catching. And he's hold, well, Greg Anthony's holding the ball up so Cole can catch it and do a windmill dunk. It was a windmill catch, so it's an interesting dunk especially for a guy his size, and he's in Timberlands, which is very hard. It's hard. I, I give him credit. But it's hard to jump in Tim's like that, so I give him credit. But come on, he's risking a lot, and he's tying them up, and he has to tie them up like that. Like, I, I don't know if that's smart for him to do. I, I don't give him credit for that. That was a a low score, if you will, and these guys can't even score with 45, none of them. And um, you have situations where – Toscana, um, they they were trying dunks for like 17 times on end. Jalen Green attempted his dunk probably 30 times, about 30 times until he got rid of Josh Christopher because Josh Christopher can't throw an alley-oop. So they, they, they use each other as props to be, you know, part of an interesting dunk that they've been working on. I'm from that era where we've seen Michael Jordan, Dominique, Vince Carter have more than just four dunks that they're coming to the game with. Like, like they have a bag full of tricks before it gets started. And this is a situation where none of these guys are ready, none of them. I don't think any of them were ready. I think they had, like, two dunks in their bag, and that was that. 
I, I, I don't give them credit for this. This this is the All-Star Weekend where everybody was ready for this. Like, especially that's what a lot of people come to the game for, the wild dunk contest. The dunk contest is horrifying right now, like very bad, very bad. I, I, I don't know what to do. Obi Toppin, he wanted, and he wanted with a simple dunk, but it's hard to do. He went up, I think it's a, an East Bay, so I think he went through the legs and he bounced the ball off of the backboard and just dunked it, which is it, it, hard, but he's 6'9", and he could jump out the gym, so he can do it, but it's like there's no strong creativity. Like, nobody came to this dunk contest with any creativity to wow the crowd. The crowd was leaving. They were not entertained. They are at the All-Star game and not entertained, like, what what do you want them to do? Like, these people are paying. Like, I have friends that go to the All-Star game, and they like, let's go because the All-Star weekend is great. They have parties, and you get to meet all of the All-Stars, so on and so forth. I don't want to go, and it's not worthy of exciting me while I'm there for it, other than going to the club or bar to be around them, take pictures, go to the hotel, and then watch the game the following day on Sunday. It's lost its luster very bad. I, I don't know how they can save it. They're going to have to do something very significant or I don't want to say threaten, but somewhat near threaten these guys to do something. Some of the big names, like the, all of the big names. LeBron had promised us that he would be in a dunk contest, I want to say around like 2008 or nine, in which Magic said, I'll give you a million dollars, LeBron, if you get in it. LeBron was like, okay, and never did it. You mean to tell me that Vince Carter did it, Michael Jordan did it several times, Dominique did it several times, um, Dwight Howard did it several times. I'm just thinking about all of the guys that did it several times. Why can't – well, LeBron not now because he's 38. So it's like, no, don't do it. But I'm saying all of the other guys like that have the potential to wow the crowd, why why can't you guys go out there and, and make it com- competitive? Or raise the pay. If, if they're worried about the $50,000 dollars amount that they're going to win at the end of the shootout or the end of the dunk contest and raise it. You guys have, this is a billion dollar industry. The NBA gets billions of dollars. The NFL gets billions of dollars. Baseball gets billions of dollars. Hockey gets billions of dollars. Y'all, y'all can make this interesting for the fans' sake, for our sake. I am a fan. I'm not just an analyst. I, I love the game. I love it. So I want to see them go out there and perform and, and do something that wows me. I'm, I'm at that point right now that for the past six or seven dunk contests, other than Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, no. I I could care less on who goes out there. You're picking no-namers to go out there and dunk just to satisfy the crowd for the activities. Like, no, you guys are not trying. Nobody in the NBA. Adam Silver, I'm talking to you. For organizations across the league, I'm talking to you. Get these guys out there to help the league. I understand that you guys are fighting for – postseason play after the all-star break which is cool but no no this 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 can no longer be a sellable product I, i'm not settling for it i'm not um is there I anything else that you guys like? go ahead mike i'm sorry there, there we go no i think if they're not gonna do any better then they might as well just not have it right that, that, that's how i feel like cancel it there's no need no need for them to play that game none or not even a game, to have that event. Now, now let me not say the game. Because the NBA All-Star game is, is somewhat fun, but it's not how it used to be when Isaiah, Magic, Mike, you know, everybody was going yeah. at it. Like, not, not yeah, like no that. Doubt. No. 
Now it's like it's like if LeBron gets it was an actual competition. These guys were actually going out and competing against each other. That was the that right. was the best part about it. These guys were actually competing. That's, that's exactly how I feel. Now now it's. They played defense the whole like, nine like, yards. It, it was a complete right, basketball exactly. game. Exactly. Possession yep. by possession, and it didn't have to take to the fourth quarter yep. to see, oh, who's going to win now? Now we're going to play ball in the last quarter? No, not like, no. Uh, they 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 want to get stopped, so on and so forth. I still remember Kareem and his all-star game. Like, oh, yeah. it, man. Like, the, they're, they're taking away from the, the stars of yesteryear that made this a spectacle, man. Like, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm mad. Like, I'm mad as a fan. Like not just I analyst, think Adam Silver needs to. We need, yeah. I mean, he. Uh, you know, I'm throwing this out there because I. I mean, I don't think he's a very good commissioner, Adam Silver. So just like, I mean, him and Goodell need to get out of the professional sports business. The thing with Silver, I think that he's more of a people person. I think he's trying to appease the players a lot, and he's more friendly than we've seen with David Stern. Where David Stern has had his issues across the board, I, I think both of them were questionable, to be honest, between Stern and Silver. But Silver is more yeah. or less playing it by ear, and he's way more of a puppet toward the owners uh, within yeah. the league compared to the way David Stern played it. Like they respected David Stern, like they knew it was like, oh, the boss is coming, like like clear out. Adam Silver, they're like, yo, you're still the kid, like even though you look older, yeah. but you're still the kid, like. You have to earn our respect across the board. That, that's how I feel they approach him, and uh, he's going to have to start like you know flexing a little muscle to get get respect and turn this thing around to actually save the spectacle where a lot of money is dumped into it. I think uh, if you're looking for like more money, you're you're sending these All Star games to all of the respected uh, teams' locations. So you had the All Star break this year in Cleveland. I have people that I'm around within the clubhouse that are from Cleveland, Ohio. They were already home at twelve thirty one o'clock. They were already home at twelve thirty one o'clock. So you mean to tell me that LeBron is from Ohio? You you have all of, you got Shaq, all of them out there, and there's nowhere for people to really go in Cleveland to go party like that because the elite are in that building. The, the people that want to get in there are gonna have to pay thousands to get in there and hang out. And people will probably pay that, but it's like, is it really worth dropping a thousand dollars to hang out with them for an hour and a half, and probably not see them or just see them from a distance and take a picture from like ninety feet away from them? I'm not dropping that to do that. Like, no way, no way at all. So, and then next year it gets even worse. The All Star Game is in Salt Lake City, Utah. What, what are they going to do? Go skiing? I, I, I mean, you tell me what clubs or bars are going to get crazy when Salt Lake City already has their issues from NBA players alike, from Michael Jordan and Russell Westbrook, on telling you on how the the community treats people. You know, so, like, yeah. you have to get them in cities where, like, you, you got that nightlife, and if it's going to be boring, at least it's something that has them entertained, whether it's in Los Angeles, whether it's in Las Vegas. I, I don't know. That, that's the way I feel. They're going to have to do more than just watch this weekend just be horrible, and the only thing we look forward to is the – three-point shootout in the All-Star game. Like, the, the three-point shootout is an actual skill where they have to make that shot. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're going to lally-gag. But they want to be the best shooter, in which we've seen something historic. We've seen a center this year win a three-point shootout, a center. 
Yeah, no doubt. Carl Anthony Towns won the shootout. Interesting. You know what I mean? Like, incredible. I, I don't know. Like, well, like, see, that's I, the same I time this is turning into a, a shooter's league. Uh, and it's, right. it's a good thing, but a lot of these big guys are turning into jump shooters. So the dunk is kind of, you know, going on the wayside. I mean, they still do it when they can, but, I mean, uh, the three-point shot is is the bread and butter in the NBA nowadays. Mike, your, your thoughts, how do you feel about Cat winning the shootout with guys like Trey Young and C.J. McCollum? Yeah. All these guys could not, not advance and win the shootout. I, I mean, and they were trying, and it wasn't like they were sitting up there yeah. BSing. Like, they were missing shots. Luke Kennard came out yeah. shooting like a madman, and yeah. they, you know, fell apart. You're, you're, I mean, how do you feel about it, Mike? Uh, I, I, I actually thought it was great, you know. Um, I actually enjoyed the three-point competition, um, you know, and, it, and it's historic. It just shows you how far they've come. you got a center that won the three-point competition. So, I mean, that, they didn't even have – uh, centers, power forwards, uh, you know, I think uh, it's always been point guards and shooting guards and some small forwards traditionally, you know, uh, the power forward and the center really wasn't in the three-point competition. So uh, I liked it, and hats off to him. You know, he was lights out. Okay, Mr. Harvey, your thoughts? I'm trying to get to you. You you got anything? It's sort of a rarity to see a big man. I mean, very bird at 6'9", as a small forward. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Sam Perkins, who was more of a four kind of, a yeah. four and a half, if you will, um, who shot the outside shot. He might have been in it once or twice at, you know, six, eleven, seven feet. But that is sort of a rarity. But seeing a big man win the three-point contest just tells you, I mean, it, it, if you were trying to describe in a in a short sentence to somebody, about how the NBA has evolved over the last 20 years. That's all you got to say, Carl Anthony Towns. The center won the three-point contest. It's more of a spread-out three-point shoot kind of game now. Uh, I think that banging uh, interior game has very much become uh, a ball start in today's game of basketball. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this, and then I'll move on, and we, we are – Unless you guys have other topics too, I don't really have too much. But um, NBA, I want y'all to hear me. I'm gonna try my best to like make sure that I can spread this and share this link as best as possible. You guys have to make this better. You guys have to make this better. There's no way that I'm sitting here watching this be something that I love. I love the sport of basketball, and it, it's it's a mockery. It is a mockery. Um, even with the skills competition or how that was played. It went into like an overtime and, uh, you know, a three-point shot was hit from half court and the Cavaliers ended up winning, which it brought it home for the home team and the rookies had won it. And, you know, I'm already trying to, you know, throw my inkling in there because like Josh Giddy's a Thunder player and he's just been playing incredible as the season has gotten better and he's actually doing well in the skills competition and, in the Rising Star game, he actually played well also. It looked like he was the only one trying to play, um, in which Cleveland did end up winning that thing. Up And the answer to Kumpo is like, uh, <laughs> it's bad because you got Giannis and his brothers, which I think is probably the coolest thing. They should have did the families if they were going to play like that. They should have brought the Holiday Brothers in there too because there's three of them. So you could have brought the Holiday Brothers, the Anthony Kumpo's, which none of them could really shoot. They were trying. 
um, and then go with the rookies and, I guess, the Cleveland team and make it more impactful. If you want to do the family thing and have them involved, it'd be, it'd be even cooler. But um, I think they're forcing a lot of these situations. So now that I have you two here, I don't have much, but I do have an interesting topic that I must address in front of the two of my brothers here right now. The issue is a person that I do not want to pick on because his talent is through the roof, but year after year after year after year, he is prone to injury, and they call him the brow, a.k.a. Anthony Davis. It's unfortunate because the injury he suffered, I've suffered throughout of my career playing basketball, is a rolled ankle. And um, those are one of those situations where it hurts so bad. It is an excruciating pain, especially if you've been running for a while. Your body is tiring. And in a fortunate situation, if you land on the top of somebody's foot, more than likely you're going to roll your ankle. But this unfortunate situation, he didn't. It just rolled, and his ankle, the top of his ankle, basically touched the floor. So you know this is a bad one, but this is the bad situation I'm looking at. He's been hurt almost every season that he's been with the Lakers and fighting his way back through injury, in which he's out for the next four weeks. After the fourth week, they're going to reevaluate him. This pushes into the month of April, at least for me, or at least a week or two out from playoff potential. The Lakers are hovering around nine and ninth and tenth seed in the West. This is where LeBron turns it on. LeBron actually plays his better basketball after the end of the All-Star break and goes crazy and starts playing strong basketball. But I thought it would be a situation where they'd be healthy together with Russ trying to turn this thing around, uh, Anthony Davis supposedly, supposedly trying to be there, and he's not. Um, Carmelo's sitting out. There's so many different issues with the Lakers that they have to address. How do you guys feel about your boys going into this second half of the season and already having these lingering issues in a head coach that can't handle these personalities? Uh, I'll start with you first on this one, Eric. You know what, Timeless, as a Lakers fan for 40 years, um, this is a nightmare. Um, the LeBron James experience uh, has been a, a, a disgrace in my eyes. Um, the way he's performed, the way he's carried himself, the way, I mean, he congratulated the Clippers the other night when the Clippers beat the Lakers. So, I mean, it's just, it's a nightmare. And we got rid of uh, good young prospects to get Anthony Davis. We got rid of... <laughs> all of our top prospects, all of our draft picks to get this guy here. And that hasn't worked out. He can't stay on the court. It's devastating because Anthony Davis is a a great basketball player, a good person on and off the court, and it's unfortunate that this happens to him. But, you know, we all know big men in basketball, this isn't a rarity. I mean, it, it, it happens to the best of them, and we've seen it throughout the years. So, um yeah, I mean, this is as soon as he comes back, this happens. So I think the Lakers are in trouble. I think, um, uh, you know, the brass is in panic mode of what to do because they did lose a lot of, you know, the future in bringing Anthony Davis here. And so 
I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think the Lakers are in trouble. I personally believe they need a complete reboot. It's going to suck because, uh, you know, Laker fans, I mean, every year we're, we're accustomed to going out there and competing for championships. That's the goal in L.A. And, unfortunately, it's going to take some time to rebuild a team to get back to that caliber because LeBron James is 38 years old. And, basically, him coming to L.A. damaged the future for the Lakers for years to come, you know, at least a five-year period before they can get back to, you know, all their draft capital and get things back to normal, I think. And uh, a lot of the players, the sad thing is they're looking at this right now like, wow, what a dysfunctional organization. You know, uh, letting LeBron James uh, can call the shots, bring in a guy like Frank Vogel uh, when you have all these uh, egos and personalities. Uh, you need a coach that can handle that and to get everybody on the same page. So, I mean, it's it's kind of been a joke in my eyes, and it's been a disgrace this year. After LeBron James thanked uh, or, you know, congratulated the Clippers, you know, our, our enemies, uh, it's like, come on, man, really? And the Lakers fans were all up in array. Yeah, Kobe Bryant would have never done that. Magic would have never done that dream. This is, you know, uh, I mean, he needs out of L.A. So, and I think this answers everybody's, question on if LeBron James will ever be on the Laker Mount Rushmore. What a joke. He's he's not even, you know, top 10 Laker of all time. So, but yeah, it, it's very unfortunate timeless. So, I was watching that game. They got a win. Um, you know, my buddy called from California as soon as that happened. He's like, "Damn, did you see that Anthony Davis just broke his ankle. He's done." And that was the unfortunate, you know, and then, uh, you know, they had that MRI, and it came back negative, so that was a positive. But I, I don't know what's gonna, what the future holds. He's going to have to, you know, get a different trainer or, or do something. You know, there's stuff you can do to help, you know, uh, maximize, you know, your health out there on the court. A lot of uh, players do it, but there's some players that just can't. And there's some players that do do that, and it's just, you know, not in the DNA. So... But if I was Anthony Davis, I'd, I'd be doing anything I can to stay healthy and get on that court. So, But it's it's not looking too promising for the future. Okay, Mike, your, your thoughts on the injury that Anthony Davis has suffered. Um, there's a four-week window of him being reevaluated. Your thoughts on this unfortunate situation. And uh, add on, and I have another interesting question for you guys also. So, unfortunately, I'm not surprised. I think business as usual. I think, you know, they made this trade to get him, gave up a lot, as Eric said. Um, and, for you know, they won the ring, and everybody said it's worth it. But, uh, I don't know, they, they have seriously mortgaged their future. Um, looks pretty bleak right now with this franchise. and And I feel like, between the lines, like, as far as his numbers, uh, for the most part, LeBron's still playing at a high level. He's not elevating the play around him, but I think it's a bad roster, and things need to fall right for them to be really good, um, and and they haven't, and um, I think everybody, including LeBron, but all the way up, deserves some blame for 
the direction that this franchise has taken. As far as reevaluating in four, I think that he'll be lucky to see the court again for eight. And then what happens when he gets back is he get kind of eased back in. And um, I mean, for the most part, this has been a lost season for Anthony Davis in a season that really looked like moving in that it was very much a prove-it type of year. And the only thing that he's proven is that this year he's gone beyond being data Davis and just kind of turned into street clothes. Wow. And that's bad, you know, but um, you got to kind of look at it like that. Um, Charles Barkley gave him that nickname, and it, it's unfortunate that he's getting injured season after season. But he's an awesome talent. I do have to put him in the range of superstar. I do um, because he did so much to carry situations within New Orleans and what he's able to do in L.A. If it wasn't for him in the bubble championship, I don't think the Lakers would have won the finals. I don't think LeBron had enough in that tank to carry that team. Uh, Anthony Davis did a lot, including shutting down Denver, where Denver was playing awesome ball, and um, Jokic couldn't get around him. Um, so I don't know, but I, I do want to address this question in front of you too because this is interesting that both of you, you guys like the Lakers. You know, y'all don't love the Lakers. I could tell by your, your passion here you guys don't love them, but you guys, are, they, they like the Lakers, so i got to address it how it is. But um, one, do you think they should trade Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook? And two, do you think LeBron can do it again and force these guys into a playoff position? I will go to you first, Mike. I'll go to Eric next. So the truth is, and you're right, when you said, like, Anthony Davis is a special, special talent. He's got to find a way to be on the floor. And I don't know what it, it takes to do that. Um different trainer, different regime, you know, maybe different DNA, which, you know, we can't <laughs> figure out a way to do that. Um, something has to change for this franchise to uh, move forward in a positive way. Uh, the problem is I don't know that even though his talent is so special, he's been hurt for so long. I don't know that you can get much other than, say, pennies in the dollar for Anthony Davis right now. Um, Westbrook is probably the more valuable of the two as far as what he brings to your team on a daily basis, but also what he can get you in return. But even then, that contract is still uh, really, really high. So um, they're going to have to do something. you got three big contracts that, when you put them all three together, that really hamstrings you when it comes to building the rest of your roster. So I think that some sort of deal in the off season is imminent um, unless they're just going to stay the course, hope for health, and, you know, try again next year. As far as this year, I mean, I think that somehow they'll end up in the top, Six or seven, maybe. I mean, it's you know. Do I see a deep really? playoff run? No. Uh, they they were able to get in last year. They had to win a playing game against the Warriors, and then they lost in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, to Phoenix last year, 
And unfortunately, I think a first-round exit is the ceiling uh, for this team as constructed right now. And I'll put it like this. I would be more surprised to see them lose. I would be more surprised to see them get out of the first round than I would to see them lose in the play-in and not even have a first-round series. So you said they get to a 60, so they avoid the play-in. Whoa, they got to go on a run. And this is without Anthony Davis. Their next couple of games, they play the Warriors, I think, twice. Twice. Uh, this, this is this is interesting. Whoa, he he, he loves his Lakers. So, so it, wait, Eric, your thoughts on this situation, can LeBron do this while Carmelo's lingering? Um I don't really want to put a lot of this pressure on Russ, even though Russ has had his his moment with an uh, with a Z, not an S. Um, but there's games where he actually shows up and the rest of the team doesn't. So I don't feel like it is totally fair to pile up on Russell too, where the team has their issues. Can LeBron and company turn this on? Can LeBron turn that switch on and make that run? Um, and anything else that you'd like to add, because I do want to add one more puzzling piece to the situation. We do have somebody cute I wasn't paying attention to. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Timeless, and I did like how they played the Warriors the last time they played just recently, the one-point loss. So, I mean, realistically, yes, the Lakers can do it. LeBron James can do it. He's been playing, I mean, phenomenal basketball uh, this year, especially at his age. So he's, you know, one of the top NBA players in the league right now. He's one of the greats. I'm definitely not going to put him in the category of all-time great, but he's definitely one of the greats. And it, you're right, it definitely isn't fair to put this all in rest book. Uh, he goes out and plays. You can look at his numbers. I mean, he's going out there and plays. And, I mean, yeah, he's had some bad games, but guess what? Every player has some bad games, so it's not fair to put this all on Russell Westbrook. It's the chemistry of the team. It's the head coach. Uh, when you're going out there and you're putting different lineups in every game, I mean, that doesn't work. You've got to have consistency. You've got to build chemistry. Uh, I mean, he's just, I mean, <laughs> duct taping everything. Oh, no, that's not working. Oh, this. Or, I mean, you've got to get consistent. You're going to lose some games. You're going to win some games. But you've got to roll with the lineup. And what I don't get is, I mean, they're not using Dwight Howard. He's one of the only players on the team that plays defense. So, not having him out there, uh, you know, consistent, uh, consistently is a problem. So, I mean, you just need to, I mean, in practice, figure this out. They should have figured this out a long time ago. LeBron James needs to be a leader. Uh, like, I mean, what would Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan do in this situation? Uh, we all seen they get everybody playing ball, the whole team, and uh, everybody is held accountable. LeBron James uh, doesn't do this. So uh, they're just – trying to win now, throwing all this duct tape, throwing, uh, you know, a bunch of st- mud at the wall, seeing what's sticking, and, and you can't do that. So, But, uh, I mean, the Lakers can definitely do it. They're just going to have to go on a winning streak, and they're going to have to play basketball. The sad thing with watching the Lakers this year, I mean, they play with no passion. They go out there, and, I mean, you can see right from the gate, oh, this is, I mean, they're going to get annihilated. They don't play with any passion. They don't play with a sense of urgency. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you see glimpses of it. I mean, some games they play great. You're like, why can't they play like this all year? Uh, they'd be a force to be reckoned with. But there's no consistency there. So I'm going to say, yeah, they could, but I'm not too confident that they will. 
Okay, we do have Aaron in the building. Aaron, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this afternoon? Good morning, good afternoon, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Good morning, brother. Okay, your your thoughts on the state of the Lakers at this point with Anthony Davis's injury? Uh, they're hovering around the ninth or tenth seed. Can LeBron turn yeah. this thing on while they're having these issues? You know, I I, I have made a living. Uh, betting with LeBron James that I'm not going to stop now. Um, I do think they find a way to work themselves into playoff relevancy and playoff contention. Now, once they get there, what happens will happen. But I, I, I wanted to double-click on something that uh, Easy e was talking about a minute ago um, when he was talking about LeBron, you know, LeBron James and comparing what he is doing or isn't doing to what Kobe or or Michael Jordan did, I personally don't think that's a fair comparison because at the end of the day, Michael Jordan didn't win until he got proper pieces around him. Um, Kobe Bryant didn't really win until he got pieces around him. So if you take what LeBron James has currently around him, you know, the – the, the makeshift starting lineup, the, the fact that the guy who, you know, was, was brought in to run beside him is made of glass and can't seem to stay healthy. And in my opinion, I don't think we'll see him again until playoff time. I, I, I don't think that's a fair and accurate comparison. I mean, LeBron can go out there and give you 40 a night if you wanted to, and it will still be enough to lose by one point because the way this team is currently constructed isn't conducive to him winning. Now, does LeBron James need to shoulder some of the blame for that because ultimately he was the player de facto GM? You know, we, we can have that conversation. We can have that discussion, and I really wouldn't have too, 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 too much to say about it. But ultimately what, what the Los Angeles Lakers look right now is a struggle themselves. They, 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 they got Anthony Davis, who's not healthy. They went and got Melo. LeBron tried to send the olive branch to his boy, and for whatever reason that's not panning out. You know, Russell Westbrook is what he is, and it, you know will be that until he figures out how to how how to mold his game, how to get his game back to where it was when he was running MVPs or whatever the case may be. You know, so the, the roster around him is is not is not the greatest. But to answer the initial question, TP, I do think the Lakers will find themselves in a situation where they, you know, can can get into the playoffs. Do I think they're gonna go up to a six seed? Maybe not, because like you alluded to a little bit ago, the schedule coming out of the All-Star break is ridiculous. Um, but there are some bottom feeders um, in both the Eastern and Western Conference that I do believe that they can play and get themselves right in. The margin of error for the L.A. Lakers is very, very, very thin. But at the end of the day, if you had to bet on one person to, to find a way to get it done, it will be the one and only LeBron James. Um. It's interesting because they are struggling with him putting up 30-point nights. Like, he's getting games where it's 30 points, 7-7, seven and seven, and Anthony Davis and Russ are playing, and Carmelo are playing, and they are losing games. So it's like he's going to have to do that and play more than just help side defense and blocking shots. Like, he's going to have to be incredible at the age of 37 going on 38 this December. I feel like this is a lot being asked for out of him which I feel like he can do it because we've seen him run like this from February into April and then just be this ultra LeBron. But it's something that you said that 
these guys like Michael Jordan and Kobe had to wait for pieces. So let's I'll save the best for last, right? So let's do Kobe, right? Kobe came in in 96. Shaq came around that time, 96, 97, right? That trade happened after Mike swept Orlando and Shaq came over there. So they basically started in L.A. at the same time. It wasn't like Kobe was waiting for stuff to happen. 2000 came, they won a championship within a four-year realm, and then they learned to win together. Michael Jordan came in the league in 84. They traded Charles Oakley for Bill Cartwright. They had to work with a center that basically was aging. They ended up getting Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen at the same time in 87. Four years later, they win. And this is this is constructed within the team. This isn't free agency, market mayhem going to a team. So, like, this is different, and especially with a coach that he's won with. He won a championship with this coach and already made players around him, and he struggled for the past two seasons there. And they're talking about getting rid of Rob Palenka. They're talking about Vogel not being the coach that can handle the personalities. What does LeBron do? Like, you're worried about the players that came to Michael Jordan and them. I'm like, who? Uh, Paxson was there. Uh, Will Perdue was there. Uh, Stacey King was yeah, there. Yeah, Bill Worthington. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, this goes on and on. They didn't have no free agents that came there to help Michael Jordan get it. He learned to beat the Pistons and get there. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the Kobe situation, they had exactly. to learn to win with, with with getting rid of Eddie Jones. At that point in time, I thought Eddie yep. Jones was better than Kobe. I thought Stretch was – that was my nickname. We used to call him Stretch Jones because one of my boys' last name was Jones. We called both of them Stretch, and that's how Eddie played. Eddie Kobe was on the bench. Nick at night was, I think, a better point guard to me than Derek Fisher, to be honest. I'd I, I take Nick Van Exel over Derek Fisher any day of the week or Tyron Lue, however however you want to look at it. So so they had Rick Fox, Robert Horry, all of that there at that point in time. Robert Horry left the Rockets, I want to say, around like 97. So it wasn't like Robert Horry was the missing piece that had helped them get over the hump. So. Uh, I I don't know. Um, that that's tough for me. But right now, the way that it looks, I I and this is something that I had to look at from the Thunder. Even though I don't feel like they have the ground to talk to junk. But Shea Gilders Alexander and Josh Giddy said we want to play them. We don't want to look at them like they're the the stars of today. Like they're old. They were calling them old. You don't think the rest of the league looks at the Lakers like they're old now? Like, yes, they're old now. Like, they, they have to get through teams like Dallas that's young and making moves. And the the Suns, I don't know if they can get past the Suns after what the Suns did to them last year. Like, they're, the only team I feel like they'll give trouble if they did run into them first round would be the Jazz or the Nuggets. I, I don't believe them. As good as they play in the regular season, if they see big guards, uh, they're in trouble. Or, or a big that could actually help you know, neutralize either Gobert or Jokic, those two teams are in trouble. But other than that, I, I feel like the Lakers are uphill. Like, this is an uphill battle, and, and they're not coming into games where they're playing Sacramento, the Thunder, the Rockets. They're coming into, like, you know, the Clippers a couple times, the the Warriors a couple times. They're running into death row already. So I, I don't know. This, this, is, this is a very tough situation. If LeBron could pull this off and get them to a 60, like Mike said, he gets a ton of credit. I, I could I cannot I can't hold that against him. He's doing what he needs to do to get them there. He can do it. He can do it. But right now he you can tell he's tired. I got people that are in the NBA, like working in the NBA, um, Mike knows them, uh, and Wes. Um 
he was like he was at the game where the Lakers played the Hornets, and he was like, you could see LeBron jumping the dunk. He could barely get off the floor. He was all arms dunking the ball. He did not. He tried to jump. He couldn't. And knowing that he probably can get a couple of jumps, he's nearing 40. LeBron is nearing 40. People have to think about that too. So I, I don't know. This this is a tough scenario for him, at least in my eyes. Uh, while this team doesn't have consistency, they don't have any chemistry, they, I feel like they more or less play uh, and one street ball. I don't know. I agree with you 100%, Timeless. That's why I said I think the ceiling is that they could get to that point. But I would be uh, I would be more surprised to see them get out of the first round than I would to see them losing a playing game. And as a matter of fact, I get 50-50 odds that they lose in a playing game versus even get a first-round series. Whoa. And, and they're around, and, and it's funny that you say that, Portland is hovering around them. And Portland just got rid of CJ. They just they got Dame with stomach surgery. There, there's so many different interesting situations. Um, that I could think of right now with Portland, and and I think that if they continue to suffer, they'll end up firing Chauncey Billups, and I don't want to see that happen in Chauncey's first run as a head coach, but it can happen. Um, It's a terrible situation if Portland was to end up bumping into the Lakers. If the Lakers lost to a Portland team in the play-in, Vogel is to be fired. Palenka is to be fired. And there will be pieces moved from the Lakers if they lose to a Portland team that is yep. a G League team. They already lost to them with the G League team. This, this Lakers team lost to them when they got rid of CJ and it was disarray. They already did. They can't have this happen again. It can't. It can't. The Lakers have to turn this around, especially with a guy that's trying to make his legacy better um, with his playoff points and – Regular season points, he's caught Kareem, but he hasn't caught Kareem like all-time regular season. I, I I don't know how that works out, but he did something like that, but he didn't catch him like totally. And I think that's what he's hanging around to do, to break that record, and I think he's chasing the number six, if he can get six championships. But there's another Chief, thing that I threw out there. Point, TP. Mm-hmm. To your point, TP, I think they get that one. I, I could see them beating Portland. What I would worry about is whether or not they could win against who, whoever's lining up in that seven or eight spot, whoever loses that game. That's that's where I think that uh, it could be really, really dicey for them. It, it, it's going to be interesting, but it, it's the West. Everybody's going to be fighting for their lives to get in a position. I want to see how the Lakers – schedule remaining how many more home games to away games that they have if it's more away games boy they got a lot of work to do but if they're in the crypto.com arena now i don't even like saying that i'd rather say staples center but um if they if they're at home they they have a shot to get pick up some games but again it's not interesting when i looked at that schedule okay anything else before we do get away from it because um this this is impactful, especially this topic right here where um I, I I'm just puzzled at this point in time and I was throwing there this out and then we'll close up. Um I said the way that the Warriors look, I feel like they are the strongest team in the West right now, even though record wise it may not be that way. I think the Suns are hovering around above them. If the Warriors win this championship, 
and Steph Curry and Clay and Draymond tie LeBron up with four championships, like Steph, I think eclipses LeBron. Regardless of the stats that LeBron has in his long, lustrous career, um, Steph is doing this with less right now. Um, And the reason why I say this, Steph is already in greatness conversation. Like, I feel like Steph should actually be mentioned top 20 or better, top 15 maybe. I really I really want to say top 15 all time. I really do. Um, he's already broken the NBA three-point record, like, like whatever we want to look at, probably percentage or how many attempts he's had or how many made, makes he made. He's on top of the pile, and I at least see – at least three to five years left of him playing this kind of basketball, right? So he could still get shots up. I don't think his his record would probably be almost like uh, <laughs> Cal Ripken-esque, like the starts that Cal Ripken had in Baltimore. I don't know if y'all know who Cal Ripken is, but he was a a, a legend and a hero of mine. But hey, better. Yeah, I don't think his record is <laughs> huh? Excuse me, I didn't hear you two. What would you say? The 1995 is when he broke his Duke Eric Ironman record. Okay, uh, okay. So Mike, Mike has some knowledge of him. And, and what did you say, Eric? And I said they better know who he is. Timeless. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm asking you guys. No, <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm, I'm cracking a joke to you two. I'm like, you guys. I don't know if they know. Him. So I'm, I'm being funny with you. The Ironman, baby. I know. So if, if Steph was able to get off that many threes, and you know Reggie Miller and Ray, that's Ray ended his career launching threes. Reggie's whole career was that, and Steph came into college like that. So it's going to take a kid that can launch that ball just like that to break their records. I don't think we see it like we don't see anybody break Cal Ripken's record. From I think it went from 82 until 95, like straight consistent starts, not taking a day off. We're in an era of load management and people taking days off and injuries. Like, God was really on Cal Ripken's side, like things like that and unbreakable records. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but it was, it was a whole different era for sports back then. I mean, the pitchers pitched. I mean, these guys were, you know, pitching nine innings. Now we got pitch counts, and it's just, yeah. I mean, starting pitchers are getting taken out at the sixth inning you know, in the middle of a shutout, it's just sports in a whole is not like it is all across the board. Right. I don't think right. that record would ever be broken, honestly. No, never. Which, never. which, which one? Uh, Kyle Ripken, I don't think that would ever be broken. The game is played and everything, oh. I don't know. Right, right. It's like 2,100, I think it may be more, but I know the when he broke it was 2,001-something when he broke Gary. I think it was 2,132, if I, if I might. Uh, I mean, I know I might be wrong with the number. I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's something close to that. Um, but, yeah, that's. I, I feel like the home run record might – no, a hit record, excuse me. The hit record by um, Joe DiMaggio, I feel like people are getting close to 56. I don't know if that's breakable. But um, Steph, I think Steph stands tall with his if he continues to shoot the ball the way he's shooting right now. And if they win a championship, I repeat, if he ties LeBron, I think they're neck and neck. I think they're neck and neck. And, and I don't think if LeBron doesn't win a championship this year, I don't think he'll get another one. I don't think so. 
And it is yeah, interesting where's he going to run actually, this time? He, he's a ring chaser. I mean, we could look at where is he going oh, to try to go with it. I, Eric, I was going to say that. I was going to say that, Eric. In which I wanted to – that was a question, and you just helped remind me. Thank you so much for cutting me off. Uh, <laughs> with him throwing out the situation of him saying – Cleveland is not out of the realm of going back to. He's already looking to leave the Lakers. He's saying that. He is saying that to the media. So you're ready to leave L.A. when it goes down. And Charles Oakley himself said that LeBron would go ahead and ring chase again. And Cleveland is looking decent <laughs> again. They're looking decent. I'm not going to say great or good. I'm saying decent, and LeBron is doing this right now. Funny as ever. I, I don't like that. I don't, I don't respect that at all with him and the legacy of Magic, Kareem, Mike, not, not, dog ain't, these dudes ain't leaving. Magic ain't leave. Kareem ain't want to leave Milwaukee, but he left and did not leave the Lakers. Like, this This is cool that you could go from Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, L.A., Cleveland, like, or, or whatever, and then you're saying, oh, I'm going to play wherever my son plays when he comes to the league. So if you go back to Cleveland, your son don't get drafted by Cleveland, you're going to go to another. Your legacy is ridiculous, bro. Like, I don't I don't know how that go down. Like, that, that, that's, that's the way I feel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I feel differently than that, to be honest with you, and here's why. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when, when, the, dust, when the dust settles, you were judged and critiqued by the championships that you've acquired. Okay, now we are sitting here, gentlemen, trying to compare eras and mindsets of basketball when we all of us sitting here know that the era and mindset has changed. You mentioned Kareem and, and, and those guys. I, I I don't think they would have done that back then because the mindset was different. The, the way people do things are different. That's first point number one. Point number two, if, if LeBron James forced himself into a trade or forced himself, you know, became the James Harden, if you will, uh, of the L.A. Lakers and forced himself out, I would see your point. But at the end of the day, the way he's talking about this, he's a free agent. He can make his move and go wherever he wants to go, the way his contract is set up, it's set up to where, you know, he could potentially go play wherever his son, you know, would get drafted if, you know, Ronnie, you know, gets into the league. So I don't think there's a problem with a ring chasing because at the end of the day, you, you, you win this, you play this game to win. You know, you know, we, we, we're going to sit here and, and, and throw shade and look at Dame Dollar for wanting to try to bring a championship to Portland when we all sitting here know there's no championship coming to Portland. So, you know, if, 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 if we're going to sit there and say, Dame Dollar, go get you a ring, go, you know, figure out how to get out of Portland and get yourself on a team that can compete and win. I don't understand why say this I didn't hear the end of that. Did that, did that break up for you guys too or no? Yeah, he cut out. Okay. I do apologize. Um, I, I don't I, know I, what the last what the last part you got. All I say is dollar is doing is getting dragged by us as media and, and friends and NBA personnel for trying to hold join a super team or he doesn't want to leave championship uh, situation. We can't sit there and drag Dame Dollar for not leaving. But then sit there and you know be upset with LeBron James for doing that very thing. You know he's a, he, he's not a milk and fish, not a distraction. His contract will be up when he's talking about 
gone back to Cleveland or wherever else his, his son gets drafted, should he get drafted, I don't see the issue from LeBron James doing it the right way. This is the right way to do it, in my opinion. Um, I, I look at it differently um, with Dame not having a ring is different that he's doing that to actually help out his career. LeBron is doing this just to try to catch Mike. Like he has a ring. He has no loyalty to no organization um, in which it was Cleveland. We did it for you. He won that championship and lost again and left. Like this is, this is where they actually risked themselves. John Lucas got fired because he was a middle school player practicing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, they showed you more than the red carpet. And um, you're still trying to either work your way back to Cleveland or if a team is set up and situated for another piece to come there and you try to be the savior at the age of 38 or 39 or better, and then if that doesn't work out, well, then, hell, me and my son play one season together and I retire with however many rings I have at this point in time. It's a total ring chase. It's not any consistency or loyalty, you had these players come to them. You had Carmelo come play with you. Nobody wanted to pick Carmelo up. Portland was the savior for him. Anthony Davis left because you gave him the red flag to come to L.A. Like, these are so many different scenarios that LeBron had come to Los Angeles. It's not working, and you're running out on these guys when you're the captain again? Like, like I don't find that cool nowhere, no how. If you think that you cool and you with me and you the captain, I don't respect you at all. I don't. That's like Derek Jeter running out on the Yankees. Do you see that happening? Wait, no, no, wait, wait, no, 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 don't answer the question. Wait, wait, I just asked you one. I just asked you a question. I just asked you a question. No, no, no. You answer mine. Do you see that happening? Is Derek Jeter a free agent, yes or no? If Derek Jeter is a free agent. Wait. and saying this, and I want to throw up really bad, right? So you're on a team, like, like, let's just say Derek Jeter, he's on a team like the Yankees, who historically, uh, I'm getting sick, have the ring total across the board in all of sports, especially in baseball. Nobody has the prestige of the New York Yankees. Why leave, right? And you're the captain. Everything is basically at your hands, including the city of New York. I'm going to get nauseous again. LeBron. 
is on the Los Angeles Lakers, who have the ring total across the board in the NBA and is situated for you in the city of Los Angeles. And you were able to put one on the board in which Eric, before you got here, said he's puzzled if he puts him in the top five or ten Laker of all time, which I see because he's only been there for a short amount of time, wasn't able to get it done, while you have good or great players around him. There are good or great players around him. You're going to go to a team where there aren't going to be that many unless it's, I don't know, the Heat or the Celtics or, like, I'm trying to think of a team where it's, like, somewhat loaded that if he fit in, it's like, okay, he's back to his Miami Heat antics. Like, I don't see a person leaving a team that has this type of prestige around them in the Lakers or Yankees, if I'm using Derek Jeter, as a captain of that team and leaving them to ring chase somewhere else where they're going to have to construct that team to work out. Like, that's, that's idiotic. I, I, don't, I don't see that at all. Like, like he's doing this off the sole purpose of, of ring chasing. Like, I, I, there's no nothing to it. Like, like this is like a no-brainer. There's no money. Yeah, he's he, got he, all the money in the world. He won't get it. Karma won't allow it timeless. So, you know what I mean? He, I mean, when you, when you put something like that, he, it's, it's like an idol to him. He's worshiping it. So it, it's, he's not going to get it. So. I mean, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I see your point, but I, 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 don't, I don't see a problem with it if it's done correctly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel as though at the end of the contract that he, that, that, that he signed, you know, and, and honored, then to sit there and hold him there because of, of loyalty or, or whatever the case may be is up to his discretion. And should he choose to, to, to go elsewhere, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. He's not loyal to the city of L.A., but at the end of the day, he was never loyal to any city. You know, he's he, He's a contracted player put there to do a job. His job was complete. He served his time, you know. But, again, we we'll go back and forth about it until, you know, until my son turns 20. But, you know, I, I, I see your point, but I, I, I just look at it from a different perspective, you know. I mean, if, if, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. And I, I, I don't see an issue with that. Okay. Fair enough. Um, we went a little over. I need plugs and closeouts from each of you. Um, this is going to be basketball-heavy people, so get ready to start talking hardwood from college to NBA. And, oh, yes, I will be watching to see if the Lakers decline or incline. I want to see how this goes down, but there is a long range of teams that they get to run into. Um, Aaron, I'll start with you first. Give me a plug, closeout, shout-out, anything that you like to promote. As we set it down here yeah. at the brunch. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure and a pleasure to be here with you guys on another edition of the Sunday brunch, man. This is like this is fun for me, man. You know, this was this is the show that kicks off everything that we do here in Sports City. Um and, and I'm definitely thankful to be a part of it, man. Uh definitely check us out, uh sportscityshop.com, the website, the blog, the interviews, things of that nature. Uh we have made a strategic shift. And the NFL wrap-up show, me and the villain are going to take a week off but then come back and hit some off-season stuff um, and go through some things starting the first week in March. We'll be on the lookout for that. Those of you guys who um, are, are football junkies like myself um, are going to enjoy that, and you're more than welcome to call in. We're going to talk about positions, free agency. Um, big move by the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. 
uh, signing the uh, former coach Brian Flores to our to our to our coaching staff. We are now uh, we got 11 African American coaches on our, on our coaching staff. Man, uh, I, again, I, I'm I'm not going to beat the drum about it. You know, we beat the drum about it here, but that was a big move by Coach Tomlin. You know, throwing one to the homie, and I, and I appreciate everything that. Uh, he's going to be able to bring for us, you know, who knows, maybe Deshaun Watson will come next, we'll see. But that being said, man, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. I'll catch you with you guys on the next one. God bless, man. Okay, definitely. Uh, Mike, give me a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you like to promote as we shut it down here at the brunch. Man, thank you again, Thomas, man. Much love to you. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be in the kitchen, man. But every time I am, I consider it a pleasure and a privilege to share space and time and chop it up with uh, with you, uh, Eric, man. Much love and appreciation and respect to you, brother, and serious as well. You know, we were talking earlier about lost art in sports, and one of the ones that jumps out to me, I'm just going to share this in my way as a little nugget, but uh, in the home run era that that we've seen, we've also seen strikeouts go up a lot. I saw a stat this week about Tony Gwynn. Uh, you guys, of course, remember. He faced in his career the quartet of pitchers, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, and Pedro Martinez, a total of 323 times combined. He only struck out three times in all those at bat. Um, so that's another lost art contact hitters that can hit for high average and, and not strike out even against some of the best that uh, that baseball has to offer. I just thought that was a pretty phenomenal stat about Mr. Tony Gwynn. Um, but no, man, uh, Sports City Chefs, check out the blogs. we got some stuff on baseball coming up. Um, we got some other shows coming. As you guys know, a big thing that happened this week uh, with the uh, former guy involved with the Angels and implicated Matt Harvey and some other players. So uh, got a write-up coming on that on the website here in the next couple of days. Uh, I'm excited to see how things continue to evolve in basketball. Uh, lots of things going on in college and, and the NBA. Uh, March Madness for wrestling is coming up well as well. Conference tournaments, national tournaments, and hopefully we've got some more entertaining things on the horizon in the MMA and boxing world. Uh, that we'll continue to uh, share with you and bring to you as well. Also, check out the barbershop on Clubhouse. We're up over 7,000 and continuing to grow. Uh, so come by, be part of that community, chop it up with us. Uh, times is always there. Uh, serious pops in there at times. Uh, we got Groove and uh, lots of other barbers in the shop to uh, chop it up with. So come check it out. We definitely have some good characters, some good conversations about sports, about life, some comfortable, uncomfortable conversations, lots of different things going on there. Uh, so come be a part of our community over there that's continuing to grow. Uh, that being said, man, much love and respect. And as I said, in Louisiana, man, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. That is for sure everything that he said with all that we got going on, especially within the barbershop. Oh, yeah, and also stay tuned. Within Sports City and the Barbershop, we will be putting out uh, brackets for the big dance coming up soon for March Madness, uh, $10 brackets across the board. So we're going to try and get this popping as best as possible across the country and globe. It's like if you're into it or tell a friend about it, we want that access. We want to have fun. Um, 
but yeah, just stay tuned because it's, it's a lot going on, and we also got a big situation coming up this week where we will be getting in the business with an MLB player and manager alike. So stay tuned with that. Um, Eric, I need a plug, closeout, shout-out, anything that you'd like to promote as we shut the doors here at the brunch. As always, gentlemen, it's a pleasure and an honor being here with you guys. Love chopping it up with you guys. Mike, serious, timeless. You already know, much love and respect. Thanks to all our listeners and supporters out there. Check us out, sportscitychefs.com, all the merch, the shows, the blogs, and also I hope to see you guys on Clubhouse. Check them out as well. Everybody have a blessed day. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay, Sports City, where you already know how this go down. Stay tuned to everything that's going on. We will at least be back here Wednesday night. With the cookout, um, this potentially will be live in a bar, not just live on here on air. We will be in a bar, and that is the Major League Baseball player and manager. You probably know who he is, knowing the city that I reside in, and I am repping Connecticut like the end of the song. So stay tuned. That is trivia if you don't know. But on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again, and if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Uh. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.